Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. If you are looking for vendor process training for you or your entire vendor team, head over to my site at DeborahRRichardson.com and click on the Vendor Team Training Solved button to learn more about what is included in the monthly or annual plan and also to download a 2021 training schedule. Get the training that you and your team needs to avoid payment fraud, duplicate vendors, compliance fines, and more. If you are wondering whether the IRS Form W-9 ever expires, the answer is yes and no. So to learn what I mean by that and when you should collect a new W-9 and how you can save on a tool to make it easier, keep listening. Welcome to episode 122, Do IRS Form W-9s Expire? And when should you collect a new one? So one disclaimer before I go on is that uh, I am not a tax professional. So before you make any changes as a result of what's in this podcast or the related blog, please check with your leadership or your tax professional. Now, I will say this uh advice comes from being a practitioner and sending out over 30,000 1099s and 1042s per year and also uh, collecting and uh, processing over 2,000 requests per month. That's a lot and you get to learn a lot uh, so that your company uh, is not susceptible to IRS penalties and uh, and fines and then just you know bad information that can send all those 1099s and 1042s back to you. So uh, let's talk about the IRS forms and whether they expire, the IRS W-9 forms in particular. And I will say that vendor teams typically know to require the IRS form W-9, I'm just going to call it the W-9 here on out, at new vendor setup. Once collected, um, they will uh, take the vendor legal name and tax ID and verify it against IRS records, you know, doing the 10 match. Um, And they'll also take the address on the form and record it as the tax address, uh, because in some accounting systems or ERPs, the tax address is recorded separately from the remit address which is where the 1099s or the 1042s will be sent if they are reportable. Uh, The other thing is that the W-9 should be retained as support for the information updated in your ERP at the time of setup for your company requirements and then also for any future IRS audit. 
Okay, so the question of does the W-9 expire? And the answer or the short answer is no. So unlike the IRS instructions on the expiration of the IRS uh, W-8 forms, which is uh, they expire December 31st of the third year. I mean, there's some nuances in there, but for the forms that the vendor team for accounts payable um, payments, typically collect the W-8-BIN for individuals and the W-8-BIN-E for entities. And those forms are typically tracked uh, so that we can determine or the vendor team can determine the applicable date that it will expire. And it's typically, or it is December 31st of the third year, and it's based on the signature date. And so, um, uh, vendor teams are well aware of that and they track it. And if you don't have a tracker, go to my site at uh, DebraRRichardson.com and uh, there's a free tools or free resources, I believe it's called, and you can download a free W8 tracker if you need that. But because of that, I think there can be some confusion that because the W-8 expires, the question or the confusion around does the W-9 expire can come into play. And however, there is no verbiage in the W-9 instructions from the IRS that indicate that the form expires. Now, another point that can cause some confusion is really the recent frequent revisions of the IRS uh, Form W-9 or of the W-9. So just in the 2010s, there were five revisions which really left some vendor teams wondering if they needed to collect that newly revised W-9 from their existing vendors. Now, in reality, what, what really happened is that when the new forms were released, the IRS provided a buffer period or a grace period where those forms were not required to be collected from vendors. Um, that's when the collection was necessary. And on top of that, there was no requirement to proactively require the new W-9 from existing vendors. Now, after the grace period and any scenario that required the collection of a W-9, and I'll talk about that in a minute, the most recent version of the form was required. So this was to ensure that changes to certifications, exemption codes, and FACA reporting codes that were on the newly revised form was captured. Um, a great example is the December 2014 version or revision of that form. It added that fourth certification um, for FACA codes. And so for me, I will say that was the best revision if you have to have a revision, because at least for that one, the vendor teams could use that new certification um, that the vendors could definitely see from the old, you know, version of the form that they kept in a file and just had been given out that same version for how many years. They could really look at the form and see that it had uh, that there was an additional certification that wasn't there before. So it it really provided a great concrete reason for requiring the new version. Didn't get as much pushback. Still got some. Of course, but didn't get as much pushback.
So the long answer to the expiration question is that the older versions of the W-9 really should not be used after that grace period. And so in that, in that case, then the expiration is yes, because you should always be using the latest version. And the latest version as of today, uh, when this podcast is being uh, being recorded, which is um, Monday, uh, February 8th, uh, the latest version of the form is October 2018. And that is the version that your vendor team should be requiring from your vendors. Now, as a side note, if you'd like to take a look at all of the revisions since 1995, um, I do have a screenshot of the IRS page that shows the revisions. Um, It's quite a few actually. Uh, So I'll have that, uh, it'll be in the blog post and I'll link the blog post for this podcast in the show notes. So make sure you go over there if you wanna see that, um, as well as any other links that I talk about. Okay, so now that we know that the W-9 does not expire, the question now becomes is when should you collect a new W-9? So when the original uh, W-9 is collected and the vendor certifies, meaning they sign, really the onus is, is on the vendor to submit a new W-9 if their information changes. And that's according to the IRS. Problem is, is that if the vendor has changes and does not notify the company or the vendor team, then those changes don't get recorded. And then you've got uh, reportings that can be um, wrong, 1099s could be sent to the wrong place. Um, Any changes to their information is not recorded. And so when you do uh, tax filings for the 1099, you could be subject to IRS penalties and fines. And so it really, even though the IRS says the onus is on the vendor, um, it really does pay for the vendor team to be proactive and identify those changes. And so if the vendor team or if procurement or if the internal employee that has the relationship with the vendor becomes aware of any changes, they really need to be proactive or you really need to be proactive to update that vendor's information. And so here are some scenarios that just may be a signal um, to you that you need to collect a new uh, W-9. Now I have three here and the first one is changes to the vendor legal name. Now this can come about after receiving a notice from the vendor that their name has changed or if you're having errors or issues when trying to post invoices because the vendor record legal name does not match the invoice. And so if any of that happens, that can be a trigger that you need to reach out to the vendor and uh, request a new W-9 so that you can revalidate their uh, vendor legal name and their tax ID combination with the IRS uh, records. Now, the next one um, is changes to the vendor tax ID. Now, again, the vendor may send a notice informing your company of the change 
or you may have identified it as a result of the vendor team revalidating the data during a vendor master file cleanup. So you may be uh, doing uh, the IRS 10 match and this can be for the vendor legal name too if that vendor legal name and tax ID combination is unsuccessful. So if you're doing your vendor master file cleanup, which I suggest you do it either every month, every quarter, at the very least uh, annually, um, and you uh, find that there are some unsuccessful validations, then you need to reach out to those vendors and request a new uh, form W-9 or a new W-9. The next one is changes to the vendor's tax address. So um, a great trigger for this actually is not great, but um, this is uh, uh, something that will be a definite signal is if you mailed out those 1099s and 1042s and now they're coming back to you returned as undeliverable. I mean, I used to hate that because it's a lot of rework, um, but that is a hint and a half that there may be a change to your vendor tax address. And again, the tax address uh, can be different from the vendor remit address which by the way, I do have heard of before. I've never done it, but I've seen other vendor teams. They will send the uh, vendor uh, 1099 or 1042 um, to the uh, remit address um, because they figure that uh, the remit address, especially if they're getting checks, are going to be, um, will be manned and the, the, the forms will be received. Um, but if you're using that tax address and the tax address uh, is typically taken from the W-9 and you get that, those 1099s or 1042s returned, um, that can mean that the tax address has changed and thus you need to get a new W-9. Unless, of course, the tax address is the same as the remit address and maybe you can use the um, uh, the invoice for that, I still recommend collecting it from the W-9. Now, the fourth one is if you receive the IRS CP 2100 notice. Um, so the IRS sends out their CP 2100 and 21A notices um, twice a year in October and April. And the purpose of that is to let companies know that they may need to back up withhold from vendors because the tens are either missing from the IRS records when you file for your 1099s or 1042s um, and have incorrect uh, name 10 combinations. And as you know, uh, that will trigger that whole B notice process. So receiving that IRS CP 2100 or CP 2100 uh, uh, A notice uh, definitely is a hint and a half that you need to reach out and collect a new W-9 and perhaps back up withhold as well. Okay, so those are the four triggers. And again, unreported changes can expose your company to IRS penalties and fines. So it's really best to be proactive and keep your vendor master file clean. Now to learn best practices when updating those changes in the vendor master file, I do have a related blog post. Um, it's called Vendor Master File. When an existing US-based vendor changes their legal name or tax ID or both, it really talks about what you need to do in uh, 
in the vendor master file and how that vendor um, record needs to be treated, whether you can just change it or whether you need to inactivate the old vendor record, uh, create a new vendor record. So check that out if you're interested. And then as promised um, during the opening, um, there is, I do have a, uh, a discount code for a company called W9 Manager. Now this is an online tool to uh, assist the vendor in completing the W9 because you know they don't always know how to complete the W9 correctly. Um, so it'll assist them in completing the W9 and then it will send the W9 to you or whomever they choose to send it to electronically, which is great. And then it will also assist the buyer or you in determining um, reportable vendors. And I know they have some new features um, like a bulk upload for 10 check and that type of thing. So definitely check them out at w9manager.com. And then you can always use or also use uh, my discount code AP and happy to save uh, 10%. Thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 122nd episode of the Putting the AP in Happy podcast, where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy. Mm-hmm.